The FNRAD Snowboard Podcast is presented by Vans. Season 7 of FNRAD is sponsored by Wired Snowboards, The Boardroom Snowboard Shop, and on Optics, Time Bomb Trading, the Canadian distributor of Stance, Dragon, 32, and much more, and Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C. The Boardroom Snowboard Shop is Vancouver's premier board shop with so many brands to choose from and the guaranteed best price, you probably don't need another reason to shop at one of their three locations in Vancouver and North Van. But they are also so confident in the products they carry and the expertise of their staff that they offer a 30-day performance guarantee on all purchases. What does that mean? If you're not completely stoked on your new purchase, return it with the original packaging in sellable conditions within 30 days for exchange or full refund. So the next time you need anything to do with snowboarding, get yourself down to the boardroom or shop online at boardroomshop.com and use promo code FNRAD5 at checkout for 5% off everything they sell. Support also comes from Grouse Mountain, Mount Seymour, New Green Superfood Drink, Vulcan Outerwear, Intuition Liners, and GoPro. Quinn Sandvold is a snowboarder's snowboarder. Quinn was pro for Nitro, Wave Rave, Twist, and eventually Quest snowboard clothing. Quinn's style and thinking helped inspire the new school movement of snowboarding. He was the very first person I heard of that had a 27-inch stance. He rode a 186 Nitro Diablo, and he rode out of Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I'm really happy to say he's come back to snowboarding after a 20-year hiatus. This is one of those interviews that I live for. I'm really proud to bring you the legendary Quinn Sandvold. Steamboat for me was, um, as a little kid, I went up there for soccer tournaments. They had youth soccer, and they kept doing that. Um, And then went up in seventh grade with a friend who uh, went up there yearly for their winter carnival. And we had some of the best power that I'd ever had in my life. And so that started my love <laughs> of Steamboat. And uh, and then I was invited to uh, be the first coach of the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club uh, freestyle snowboard Sick. program. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So that was a whopping six kids <laughs> that were all my friends. And <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, we did shovel the half pipe and um, – that was, I think, the second year I did that was the first year that we had a uh, pipe dragon. Oh, wow. It was like the first pipe dragon. Nice. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. things always seem to break down. Uh, the pipe dragons oh, yeah. or, or whatever, they they must have been expensive to run or the cat drivers didn't like doing it or something because we got a pipe dragon at Seymour and I honestly can't remember them using it very much. Like it, it just didn't. Maybe right. it's the coastal snow or something is so wet. Could, could be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it was just all a learning process as well, and it, it basically put a transition in. Yeah. That you would then have to like create the rest of the, <laughs> the lip because it was like, oh, here's your six or eight foot transition, and yeah, yeah, nothing like the pipe dragons today. Or the, oh God, yeah, it's yeah. it's gone insane, right? Oh, I'd love to try. <laughs> a 22-footer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, I, I've ridden one a, a couple of times, and I, I got to say it's not it's not fun at first yeah, because that. it's so big and you're going so fast, and you're like, who the hell designed this shit? Yeah, and how do I get over the lip? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like Danny Way and Matt Hoffman kind of shit, right? Like right. <laughs> guys that are just pushing – 
like whatever's happening at the time, they're like, let's double it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's double it. Like an 11 foot half pipe for me would be perfect. Double it, it's a 22 and it's a nightmare. <laughs> no, that's a lot of consequence. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You fall in love with, with Steamboat in junior high. When do you get your first snowboard? Like you're probably skiing at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We snowboarded a little bit. Um, the first board that I remember a friend of mine had was the Sims. It was just a wood, uh, maybe eight inches wide. Yeah. Rubber straps, rope on the front. I just saw one at the snowboard museum. Yeah, that's the exact same model. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, and it's basically a knockoff of what Burton's doing at that time. You know, like the Burton Woody or Backyard or whatever they were called. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of people did those. I saw the Swift that Tracy and those guys have. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Snurfer. Snurfer, Snow Tech. Snow Tech. Tech. Ernie DeLost had one that – they all kind of looked the same. Yeah, you know Tracy and those guys put the fins up on the front to make you know. There's a whole bunch of things bolted to all these things yeah. to to make them track straight. Yeah. In fact, I interviewed Donna Carpenter, and she said, in the early dating of Jake, he took her out to show her what these boards could do. That's and awesome. She rode down, fell, the board went flying, and he came down to where she was, put the board right next to the track that her board just took and stuck it in the snow and pushed it. And it went right to where her board was without hitting it, like right beside it. So I guess like they're thinking like, Hey, these things track perfect. That's what they're going for. It's like, you just stand on them and they go where they go. Yeah. It's amazing (laughs) to think of that. Yeah. That timing. Did did you guys pull the fins off of yours and just try and hit jumps and stuff with it? Or for me, it was fun. We just did it locally at uh, Chautauqua, and you talked with Trent Bush, and he, he was in that same group of folks, you know. Um, I I was still skiing. I grew up skiing, and I was a, a really good bump skier at the time and sort right. of was was thinking I could be a competitive bump skier. Yeah. Um, but I, I did enjoy the feeling of the snowboarding, but I, in my mind I said it's going to get better and I'm going to wait till I see something that's actually a little bit more fun to ride. Yeah. And then the back hill came out where it actually had a little bit better binding and and uh, what Sims had another one. I can't remember the names. Uh, but then it was, then I just said, okay, this is when I first rode that, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. Tried skiing one more time, you know, it was like a one run and I said, that's it. I mean, I'm never going to. Wow. Do that again. <laughs> yeah. And the boots, you know, as well. Yeah. That's the big thing was yeah. the boots, huh? But more the attitude, right? Like, were oh, yeah. you a skater already at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. skiing and skating, you, you know, when we were so young, it was like, yeah, why wouldn't you do both? But then as soon as there was snowboarding, it's like, mm, you're not going to do skating on the weekends and then skiing. Or, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. And it, it was meant to be. I mean, standing sideways is... That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better. <laughs> yeah. It's just way better. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, yeah, I just I was just easily switched over. And Where's the first place you rode the board on lifts? On lifts was Berthed Pass. Yeah. Yeah. It was still open. They had a... A T bar uh, or a Palma, and uh, and then a lift on the other side, mm-hmm. and so that's where we would do that. 
So you're a part of that group that was there, like right at the beginning. That's that's the beginning of of Colorado's like lift access snowboarding. Yeah, yeah. And, and those palm lifts suck for those early boards. <laughs> they were, yeah, <laughs> they were tough. Yeah, yeah. I remember, <laughs> well, I remember my friend got on and and he's like, "It's hard, but just follow me up." And <laughs> poor guy, he fell over, and he's holding on to the thing, getting dragged up, and I'm. I'm barely hanging on, <laughs> just watching him getting, you know, drug up, and he finally lets go, and I'm still going, and he's like, "You can make it, Quinn." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can make it. I love that. Yeah, we got. To, I got to the steep part and just tumbled as well, but yeah, it, it was all good. Yeah, that's. I, I had the exact same experience. Yeah, it was impossible. Yeah, it, it, it was, it, there was a lot of carnage, and it went straight up. So, like when someone fell down, they just take out everybody down. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nuts and fun. Yeah, and fun. Yeah, yeah. A, a, totally addictive. Part of early snowboarding was being able to ride a T bar. Yeah, you felt like fuck yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is badass. You get you, there was good style to it too, like if you're holding the front or when you when you got it so that you could get it behind you and yeah. it would just like then you could just be casual, look yeah, cool, yeah, instead yeah. of being like gripped the whole way, up. <laughs> yeah, white knuckle. Man. <laughs> but the best is two people actually, <laughs> yeah, like a goofy and a reg. That's the absolute best for a T bar. Yeah, and yeah, and then you know later on we would push each other off. I can remember going <laughs> yeah. to Baker and and you know like somebody would literally push you as hard as they could when you would get off those steep in runs you know what I mean? yeah oh and that was a challenge in itself too oh, just God. that last yeah chair five and six like that was that was people would strap in on the chair it was that scary right to just to get off yeah, yeah totally so awesome. when do you start competing do you do the competitions is that how you get sponsored and the whole thing starts or yeah um i don't even know if we had like local like jump contests or anything but we had the uh, colorado snowboard series mm -hmm. which they had amateur um and professional no just amateur i think it was all amateur yeah it was oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so all those and they had the east coast series and um, with the Rocky Mountain seemed to draw the most people to come and compete on that series. And it went all over Colorado. And uh, those were the days. I mean, that was super fun. Yeah. Amazing fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, small areas usually with super cool local crews. Everyone's kicking in, digging the half pipes. And yeah, I mean, it was truly the the time of of the uh making it happen for competitions and uh yeah and a lot of those guys were you know the guys that did go on to be our top pro competitors yeah, yeah. well there's you the know, green mountain series in the east and then yeah there there was an usasa or something going on in the west but because yeah. you guys are so central yeah i mean a guy from a guy from Idaho, you know, all the way over, could convince his parents or her her parents to bring them to, you know, your your contest series, Rocky Mountain series, did. Yeah, a lot of people. That's why the worlds were here, I would imagine, too. Once yeah, they started doing those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Breckenridge and yeah. Did you compete in those? I did not. 
not the early ones. No, I was, I was snowboarding, but at an amateur level and mm-hmm. really in awe. Did you go and everybody. see them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a spectator. <laughs> spectator who, for sure. Who and, was your guy? Uh, Terry Kidwell and uh, and Craig Kelly. Yeah, were the two that I really appreciated style wise. Um, Noah Brandon was another one that was just phenomenal. Um, it's hard to, for me to place like th- those contests sort of mush together and a lot of that time mushes together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I was just always blown away. Sean Farmer did some crazy stuff that was, you know, he, I always looked up to him as a, as a snowboarder and pioneer. He had so much passion. He still does. Yeah. Yeah. He's he was nuts. I can't. That's what I was saying to Chad. I'm like thinking about Farmer being at a basin and looking at all those lines around there. Like I, I'd imagine it would be hard to keep him off stuff. You know, like and and your snowpack is notoriously dangerous. So I can't even imagine the shenanigans that guy got up to out here. Yeah, I mean he was like true big mountain writer but could he could do anything all of it yeah you know, i mean i saw him do stuff in small half pipes that was just like what okay that's really cool <laughs> dope you know and that really inspired me a lot you know um also people's attitudes inspired me a lot <laughs> you know those uh different people that were just good i don't know i felt like better souls yeah man in it for the right reasons and um stuck to their guns yeah, the bean counters are on the other side of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so competing as an amateur was great. You know, did a lot of good traveling and um, won the 89 U.S. Open for amateurs. Holy shit. Yeah, so that was like the first big contest I competed against pros. and Yeah. Um and placed eighth overall, which to me was huge. I'm like, holy cow, yeah. top 10. And Yeah, that's amazing. And, yeah, and had a really fun time. Um, and then Sims picked me up uh, for the next year for my first professional. Was it Brad or was it Tom or? It was Brad. Yeah. Um, oh, the photographer's name. I can't believe it's slipping. Guy Motil. Oh, sick, sick. Very first Transworld photographer. Yeah. So Guy, uh, it was the first time I'd really met him, and we actually got along pretty well, and he'd been taking some pictures, and, and he he was the one that actually talked to Sims and said, I think you need to take a look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, uh, that's actually a pretty big pedigree. Like, that's like, if the photographers, because those are, those are the... Those are the shining stars, are the guys that the photographers pick out. Like I, I like this guy's style. He's good to shoot with. I suggest you pick him up. Like that's a that's a big deal. That's yeah, rad. it was really cool, and it, we had a good relationship. Didn't do a lot of shoots together, right? But kept a good relationship nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. So how Even do you snowboarding? How do you get to to? Where was that U.S. Open? Is that Stratton already? That was in Stratton. Yeah. How do you get there? You guys yeah. drive there? Or your dad drive you or something? Well, I flew out. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I flew 
to Boston and then took a bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old are you at this point? I had, I guess, 21. Yeah, yeah. Probably 21. That's yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. And took a bus and stayed uh, with the Sims team, graciously Sick. had me on the floor. Amazing. And uh, Well, not the first year. No, it was the second year I stayed with the Sims team. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember where I stayed. I met some really fun people, though. <laughs> In the condos that they had. Yeah. 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 I went to an industry, uh, Transworld Industry Conference one time with nowhere to stay. Like, just you go to the village and it was in Big Sky. Yeah, oh, nice. And then I just looking around like, who do I know here? Hey, can I crash on your floor? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then and then pushing for a cot. Hey, maybe they got cots at this place, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man. Was that back in the 90s? Yeah, it was really mid, yeah, almost mid-90s, yeah. So I think I was at that same one. That was fun. With, at Big Sky. Actually, George Kleckner. Um, <sighs> I know the name. I, I don't know that I've ever met George. George uh, lives in Pagosa. He's been a good friend for a long time, and he's the founder of Union Bindings. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So George and I took off from Steamboat and went up for that. Yeah, because you could drive there yeah. from here, right? Or would you yeah, fly? No, we drove. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rented a car, drove. Yeah, Tom Burt was at that one. And uh, I, I shot photos with Rob Gracie. Uh, not Rob Gracie. That- uh, I know Rob. Went to high school with Rob Gracie. Was it Rob Gracie? Was he the one with, with Jimmy Scott? Yeah, yeah, Rob Gracie. You went to high school with that guy? Yeah, all tattooed. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Rob Gracie. Oh, was. man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun gathering of the industry, right? Like, you could you could see there was a lot of riders there. Yeah. Uh, Devin and Dow and Roberta were there and from Canada. We had a bunch of – it was just so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it was a really, really interesting yeah. gathering. The groomers were good there. That was the thing. Like, because I come from like a coastal yeah. climate. So the groomers suck all the time because they, if they groom at night, they freeze. Right. It's solid. It's just frozen. Like you could feel each. Oh. <laughs> and when you fall, it just tears you up. Oh. It sucks. Oh, it's brutal. But like somewhere like Montana where it's cold all the time, the groomers are the shit. If it's not pow. Yeah. I can remember it snowed when we were there and, and being like, oh, this place kind of sucks for powder because it was it was pretty low angle. And they had, it was just not a lot of snow mm-hmm. that year, I remember. Mm, yeah, it could have been. Yeah. yeah. We just found a hit run. That was always our MO. Right. Like, you link up with the locals, find the hit run. Yeah. Because you don't want to ride anything else. You're not riding around. Where are the biggest jumps? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and good fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good little good lines for that. And the trees were sketchy there because they leave all the fallen lumber. Oh, no. That always, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I went there with Perry Coleman um, the year before. We went up there, and we got there at night, and they had night skiing. And so we're like, well, let's do it. And we went straight into the trees we're like how come no one goes in the trees here this is ridiculous (laughs) and we do a run and another run and we're like this is crazy and then the next day we looked at our tracks and it was just uncovered all these logs that (laughs) any one of them would have snapped our 
legs or knees. Or, yeah, put an arm in and. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're like, ah, no wonder. We better stay out of the trees here. But that was, yeah, big sky as well. I I picture you being like a hardcore, you know, jibber. I, 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 I've been talking to you for 10 minutes, and it's obvious that you're passionate about pow too right like pow turns to the shit like oh yeah turning in powder is the best jumping in powder is the best yeah yeah everything was secondary to big just powder turns i mean we'd not practice you know we'd go make powder turns before the contest yeah and do no practice runs (laughs) you know to get the powder turns in so yeah um, and then just the progression of the sport, being a skateboarder and stuff, that's where, to me, you know, hitting these obstacles and starting to ollie ropes and fences and get those super sweet drops. Yeah. Afterward, you know, that was a feeling you couldn't get on a skateboard. Yeah. You know, it's like big ollie and then, oh my gosh, I've got 20 to whatever feet down, you know. Yeah. And that, would, to me, was a fantastic feeling. And um just ollieing, truly ollieing a snowboard from flat. You know, that's a... Yeah. As we were talking a little bit earlier, physics. Yeah. There's some physics involved in getting that to happen. And um, yeah, so ollieing onto rails and all those things. And it got to be, you know, the more difficult, the more challenging, the harder the repercussions might be if you slam yeah the 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 more fun it got and the farther we tried to slide that rail or you know things that would then get marked off yeah that's Say, like you can't do that here anymore because everyone's trying it and yeah. we're getting a lot of injuries <laughs> so but <laughs> so you mentioned farmer because i i imagine yeah. he would have been like pushing you in that direction of those long boards. Cause that is what I remember you for riding that Diablo 186, but freestyling on it. Like you weren't just like bagging lines. You were, right. you were bringing that thing pretty much everywhere. Yeah. That was the board of choice. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. It's hard to say there were long boards. We had several makers. Aggression was also in Boulder. Yeah. And making boards for Dave Dowd and Tony King. And those guys were speed demons. I mean, going wanted to set the world speed record. And <laughs> so that was a lot of the longer boards for that. And then Farmer was riding it just, you know, big mountain stuff that I remember. Yeah. Um, and we just had a different, different, you know, when I moved to Steamboat out of Summit, it just, uh, Totally different vibe, uh, much more mellow, and I think it just sort of pushed that, like riding for Nitro, having that board available, and pushing the stances. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. And that's the board that really did it for for us to say this this isn't okay, 17-inch stance way back on the tail. Yeah. It was like, board looks good, but where are we going to stand on it? Like, where are we going to stand on it? Yeah. So and did you, the, did you get the tools to drill out the, the tea nuts and stuff? Like, was that, or was that already happening because people are 
bolting stuff to boards anyways. Right. To, I can't say for who did it first or any of that, but right. we were using hardware from the hardware store. Yep. Um, and doing it that way, drilling and just getting the right size drill bits, countersinking. Yeah. Um, and it evolved once they saw a need for it. Um, but yeah, that was just evolution in its purest form of let's lay the board down on the floor of the shop, mark where my feet are because this looks good, feels good. Yeah. We drilled it. It was Perry Coleman and myself each had the same board. Brad. Yeah. And we drilled the same stances and both turned out to be 27 inch. Yeah. They must have printed it in a magazine or something that you guys were at 27 inch stances. Those boards were narrow. <laughs> they were so narrow. Yeah. 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 I mean, toe drag for people with smaller feet too. And, yeah. Yeah. And to have that little bit of width as you went out helped. That's true. Right. Right. You're at least getting into a little bit of the wider, you know, part of the side cut. And then you made those boards work for freestyle. Like, I guess you just get used to what you're riding, right? Like you get, yep. you're not riding some small little resort. You're riding, you know, a relatively big mountain. You're just going fast hitting stuff. Yeah. And for pal, I mean, it was amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And for me having a twin tip. Yeah. W was huge. It wasn't completely centered side cut, but close enough yeah um yeah you've been pushing for that how do you get on nitro from sims well yeah it's a fun <laughs> well, i left sims um basically told the team and tom and the managers to you know fuck off and <laughs> i think y'all suck You're, <laughs> it was terrible yeah i i I made my way out to uh, California. Um, I'll come up with the name. It was for uh, for a contest in California. It was a pro contest. It was like my first sort of traveling pro contest. And um, so I bus out there. I greyhound out there. And my bag with my boards, my boots, all my gear get stolen oh no in salt lake so i show up in california with basically nothing just like street clothes and a couple pairs of snowboard pants and jackets and yeah um and so i'm like all right we got this it was like the first sort of street not street style but uh you know banks and gates and how what was that called Slope style. Slope style. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was before that. Yeah. Way before that. Yeah. yeah. Obstacle course is what uh, Jay Bomber called his at Whistler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just to like put some random turns and banks and really go for it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had no boards and I had to rent a board. None of the pros that were there would give me boards. They had all these prototypes that were brought. What the fuck? Yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing. I'm like, seriously, you guys, no one can like give me one of their old boards to use. No, 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 no. So I rent a board so, oh, good. from a shop. The only one they had left, it was a Kidwell and had an edge, about eight inches of edge just gone oh, on the Jesus. heel edge. And they're like, well, that's all we got, but you're, you're welcome to it. So that's what I rode for the race day. 
Well, I still can't believe this because yeah. those guys are traveling with stacks of boards. Stacks, and they were brought like all these new prototypes to like try out. And the um, <laughs> June Mountain, that's the name of June it. June Mountain. June. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, I did pretty well. And uh, they were impressed with how I did. So that night, they're having a big team meeting at the condo, and everyone's again talking about you know the boards that they rode you know and i'm like well how about anybody you want to lend me a board you know we got the half pipe tomorrow and i had to rent this board you know and they're sort of like no one sort of bucked up and finally somebody ended up getting one of them and gave it to me i had to drill it that night rode it the next day um fell probably one of the big biggest concussions i got snowboarding oh shit yeah, it was just icy pipe. Yeah. I mean, big for the time, really big icy pipe. And I was doing a backside 360 and just caught the lip, heel side, and just straight to the bottom. Oh. I mean, out cold, cold. And uh, came to, and it was uh, Tom Burt and Steve Graham were the two people that I saw. Wow. And uh, I looked at them and. In my mind, I'd been playing basketball. So when I was out, I was somewhere playing basketball. And so when I, I look at Tom and Steve, I'm like, I look at Tom and I go, well, now you, I can see playing basketball. And I look at Grammy and I'm like, but you, you're way too little. You're way too short. What are you doing out here playing basketball? And we're sitting at the bottom of this half pipe and they're looking at me like, Quinn, what? You know, hey, it's me. Yeah. And it's, How many fingers am I holding up? Yeah, and then I, I finally was like, oh, my gosh, Tom, you know, what's up? Steve, what's ooh. Other people were there then, and nobody does anything about concussions at that point. No. Now, um, I competed. I ended up trying to, to ride, not doing very well. Was surfing the next day, <laughs> you know, went home with Greg Tomlinson. I was staying with him. and yeah. Went back to Dana Point, was surfing the next day, not even thinking about head injuries. And so after that contest, I went up to Squaw Valley. Yep. And they're like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, pay for all your stuff once you get up there. And killer. Yeah. So I was like, okay, great. And uh, did a day riding and, uh, was like, how about the contest fee? You know, they're like, oh, we're not going to pay for your contest fee. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? You know, I'm out here from Colorado. I've done all this with you guys. And Yeah, you paid for the bus. Like, you, you're paying for your food. You're, yeah. yeah everything. You're not at home. Yeah. No, yeah. And being dissed from boards and yeah. you know, treated And what's really the contest poorly. fee? Like 20 bucks or 50 bucks I mean, or something? like 50 bucks. Then. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a substantial amount of money. Yeah, at that point, for sure. So, I went back. They're like, no, we're not going. Out. And I went back to the condo and it was you know, this whole huge group of people. And I just basically was like, you know, fuck you, all of you, you know, from day one, you've treated me like shit. You wouldn't help me on any level. I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm going to Colorado. I'm not going to ride a Sims board. I'm going to go probably win a contest. Yeah. (laughs) Actually make some money. Yeah. And, uh, that was the, the end of that. Who was in the room? Was it like Tom and yeah, the, everybody? Um, I mean, yeah, Tom and 
uh, Kidwell and Kelly Kidwell. and Every, Todd Richards and yeah, Wendell and wow. Palmer. Wow, oh my God! They just called them all out like yeah. y'all are fucking punks. Yeah, like fuck you seriously. Like that's how you treat someone that's on your team. Did like, somebody come after you? Like Quinn, man, no, wait, don't go. No, no, <laughs> I got a ride, and I oh, I can't remember her name right now. She was one of the top women racer she did amazing in the gates and and free riding yeah she's like oh man i'll take you to the airport nice you know? yeah nice and uh yeah just drove me to the airport and she's like good for you quinn you know like stand up for yourself i'm like yeah that's just crazy like who does that to people you know and i don't remember how i actually got hooked up with nitro but Probably a trade show. Did you? Would yeah. you go out to a trade show? Yeah, but I think someone came to me. Epic. And, you know, a local one, someone who knew that I was had left Sims. Yeah. And then I stayed with Nitro till the end of the, my career. That's amazing. Yeah. So do you, what, how early into it do you meet Tommy? Like, do you? Pretty early. Yeah, because it was pretty intimate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very small, you know, company at that point. Yeah. And it was Windline Distributors. That's right. I remember those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Out of Seattle. Yeah. And the boards are yeah. better anyways, like at that point. I mean, Sims is get, Sims be, starts getting better, obviously. Yeah. Right? And uh, But those Nitro boards were – I talk about them a lot, actually, because I had a pyro. And, I mean, I had a pyro at the same time that I had like a – barfoot freestyle you know what i mean like those right. boards are two different eras completely yeah the barfoot was what i rode quite a bit yeah as a my first boards that was the first board i ever bought rad barfoot freestyle yeah it's a good board awesome very stiff but good like yeah fun board to ride good dimensions i was talking with ernie delost who, who designed that yep. with uh with chuck and you know, they could make that board right now. I was like, dude, just make it flex. Just make it flex in the middle. Yeah. And that shape is epic. Oh, it'd be phenomenal. Yeah. The yeah. horizontal laminate. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's that's good that you had that because that gets you, you know, like, that. I'm sure there's, for everybody who, who lucked out and got like a good board in those days, there was 10 that just bought a piece of shit and was like, eh, snowboarding is not really for me. For sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In one of the early demo days contests at Eldora, I was riding a barfoot. That was one of the first days that I'd seen Farmer ride and Wendell and a few other people riding the half pipe that we had there. And uh, I was riding a barfoot and disasters were big. You know, you do big airs you could you know to disaster and yeah and i snapped the barfoot freestyle and it was just right by the binding and chuck was there with his demos like he had his van and it was he's like oh my gosh you snapped that here take another one nice i'm like are you kidding yeah I'm like what he's like no man i've never seen one like just snap right there like that and i was like wow this is really cool like that one ended up breaking too He's like, I've, I apologize, but you're doing stuff I haven't put these boards through. Yeah, yeah. And ended up, you know, him giving me another one to sort of just, it was him being Chuck and a nice guy saying, holy cow, I'd love to have you. 
I never thought of it as a sponsorship or anything, but the start of a nice friendship. Yeah. That dude's sick. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a huge sweetheart. Ernie as well. Yeah. The two of those guys together, that's like a friendship that, yeah, makes yeah. you smile. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fabulous day in my memory of snowboarding and yeah, changed my life. Did you break sure. two boards in the same day? Yeah. <laughs> it was just because everyone was really showing off. It was like, yeah, snowboarding was so like, what are you guys doing? And well, what have you been doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. So fun. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, it's super dope. Yeah. So, did you go from that barfoot to the Sims thing? Like, did you go to the U.S. Open on that barfoot? I was actually riding a Kemper because oh. I would just ride what I won. The, the, as an amateur, they give you a snowboard. Oh like, wow! Here's you know, you so, won the contest, and Kemper gave us a board. What so, Kemper was it? Kemper Freestyle. Was it the black or the white one because you're That's, a kid? Or was it the no, green one? That green sort Oh, of. shit. You still have it? I don't. No. Oh, man. I that, don't have any of those older boards. I wish I would have kept them. Yeah, I'm looking for one for Jamie Salter. He's the guy that actually designed that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know him well, but yeah. I do know him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible that so, you know him. So that was like the board that I had won and- but if I didn't want the board, you'd sell them. And that's sort of how you made your yes. living was selling the board that you'd won. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, or whatever yeah. you'd yeah. want that you didn't like or want. Or <laughs> Yeah. If you were on those camper boards at that time, they were groundbreaking. Like they were Oh, absolutely. Boards. They were like a freestyle board. It said right on it, this is for freestyle. Yeah. And it was, you know, even that first one was even a little more round and everything than the the next one became more pointed, but I think that first one was really five years ahead, three years ahead. Even if it was a year ahead, it was, you know, it was sick. It was well ahead of its time. Yeah. Cool. It, I think for sure. But yeah. then again, you had this weird stance option. <laughs> yeah. But like the one... weird stance option was just those lines on the board. You could just put it wherever, but then you'd go outside the, the plate. Inserts? They had no inserts. It was just one. those just lines. The... It, that's it, right. It gave you like a put your binding here and then drill it out or whatever. Right with the the wood screws, the but metal then, screws. But then you get a you get outside the wood retention or the metal retention plate, and you knew yeah it's not really designed for this that's wide right. of a stance, but you could do it. That's right. And then yeah. you you know what Dave Dowd said yesterday. There's a there's a photo kind of like him like that on the wall. Yeah. Of him dropping a cliff, and he goes, uh, after that cliff, both my bindings pulled out. Both. And he grabbed his board, and he just stomped the screws back in the holes and rode down the rest of the run. I can see that. What, is, what other option you got? Right? You got nothing. That's Re so good. Stomp those things in. I can remember going back to the car. You know, you'd be riding a chairlift, and you'd pull out a binding. And oh, no. And then by the end of, you know, the board, you'd have... 30 30 screws in that <laughs> yeah. binding you just be and and sometimes you find cuz the challenge was to find the fattest thread on a screw that could, you could yeah. that wasn't so long that we go right through the thing, right? Yeah, you get maybe one and a half turns. Yep, and then you'd feel it bumping through the base and you'd be like, "Oh, oh. I need a I need a washer with this one." And then you get a washer 
and and now you've got these bumps in your bindings that are yeah. holding snow. Yeah, it was a nightmare to keep bind- bindings on those boards. It really was. But the board shape, like if it you was. did if you did that exact board, it's everything's too narrow at that point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were closer, I think. Yeah, way closer at that point. Yeah. Did you know but, Pappas at all? Did you ever? Yeah. Oh yeah. So when he was on Kemper, that's pretty bad, badass time. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Camper for Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. The Pappas's and uh um Andy Hetzel was Kemper. Yeah, Noah Salaz was Kemper. Yep, Salaznik. Oh man. The Bassiches and and so many people. Yep. Jeff and Joe Curtis, like Yeah. 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 J D Platt. I always forget to say J D Platt because he was he was a big part of that too. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, those Summit County early when Camper was happening and whatnot. That was, there was a lot of progressive stuff happening. Yeah. And uh, the, the West Coast that was out there had a different competitive sort of style than the Colorado, but it really pushed us, I think, in a good way. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've thanked Andy for that, for just for being him, you know, and. Yeah. It was like you you helped push a lot of us to do things that we might not have without that whole influence. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was he's a hardcore dude. Hell yeah. That's what always <laughs> was, man. Yeah. Vert skater. Oh yeah. I think there's a pedigree yeah. when you're a vert skater. You know what I mean? Like you can come in with some attitude. Yeah. And yeah. Call some shit out. Like Duh, Yeah, yeah. This oh, is wacky. Sure. What everybody's doing here is whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it's funny that he was and, the he was the mogul champ. He he's still the world champion of moguls because that was the last time that there was a world champ, right? Andy Hetzel. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, yeah. So when does the when does the outerwear design stuff pro- pop in? Like I imagine you probably right. were wearing you know fireman's jackets or whatever big kind of baggy shit you could find before that was happening well it was wave rave was my first sponsor yeah you know, i mean i think anything we had we would make into snowboard pants i remember playing around just finding stuff at thrift stores sewing on some nylon on the butt and the knees yeah and i'd go over to troy and trent we'd silk screen it with funny little twist silk screens and sick yeah um you know, fully original stuff. Yeah. Some, some of which I still have. Oh, um, dope. Yeah. Uh, but then Wave Rave was a local shop. They started making snowboard clothing and um, got sponsored by them. And over the years, quickly was like, come on, you guys, let's make some other better stuff. And <laughs> yeah, got to the point, you know, I mean, after many years, I was like, either we start making something that I really like to wear or I'm going to head out. They probably did the year after you left or maybe two years after you left. Hey, I remember those big wide wave rave things. Well, we did. uh, So, so they said, yeah, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd like to do a line quest and I want to do, you know, small line. We came up with the five pieces and um, it was great. Worked with Natalie Murphy is you know uh, the, their designer and um, 
did some of the logo stuff with uh, Heavy D, uh, Mike Dawson, who did all the nitro graphics and oh rad. Still, I don't know who he's working with now, but still's in the industry, I think. And that's dope. So worked with him on some of the logo stuff and uh, got it produced and uh, it sold uh, one point three one point two million. Shit. The first year. So that was ninety three, ninety four. And they couldn't manufacture that much, but that's what the <laughs> worldwide demand was. And it, they were having some troubles and it pulled them out of their financial troubles that those sales Brad was great. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Um and then did a second year of that, sales went up I think one point six million. And changed some of the items and added a couple pieces. They again couldn't produce it, but produced what they could. Um, and then we had uh, disagreements as to uh, the, what should happen from there. I was getting a small percentage of sales, which made sense to me. Yeah. If they're making a lot of money, I could make a little bit of that. Sure. And, uh, so it suggested just a little bit better sliding scale. As they made more money, I would also make more money. Yeah. And uh, they said, absolutely not. Um, we want you to come into the office and spend time in the office. I said, that sounds great. You know, I'd love to learn A, B, C, and D. Um, and they said, well, we're not going to pay you for your time in the office. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So that basically ended the relationship that uh, they wanted to keep the contract the same. And um, so for me, it was just a jealousy based. How can this guy snowboard and make money while we're in the office? It seems like when you come to the bean counter side of things, they diminish over time what it means to have someone with <laughs> boots on the ground. Yeah. Someone who's riding, yep. who's innovating, who can tell you, this cuff is too tight. This These belt loops rip off. Yeah. Like, this shit sucks. Fix it. Yeah. Make it better. Yep. So that when I get it, you know, like, I'm like, oh, shit, Quinn's riding this shit. I want to have those pants. When I get it, they don't suck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Other yep. Otherwise, you got a bunch of suits and a... In a warehouse somewhere, saying, "Oh, this looks nice, or this looks good." You yeah. you see what's going on on the snow. People are cutting their pants and sewing fucking denim strips down the side so that they're wider, they're bigger, and yeah. they're not tapered at the bottom. That taper was something that was there for so long that was just like it was a remnant of skiing. Yes, style. Yeah, that came over. It had to like fit around your boot. Yeah. Well, we don't have edges rubbing on our pants bottoms like yeah yeah or even if we did who cares like remember, yeah, how, that point, yeah. remember how ripped up your pants would be by the end of the season absolutely yeah yeah these, you'd have slices <laughs> in them from hitting rocks or whatever yeah that's when that yeah, yeah that shit's awesome yeah and you'd see the urban kids coming up actually wearing their jeans yep and you know flannels yeah freezing cold frozen <laughs> soaking, wet. soaking wet right <laughs> it's like enough of this like yeah people want to wear what they want to wear in the snow mm -hmm. yeah yeah they so, want to look a certain way there's an aesthetic that we're trying to pull off here that when you give us some clown pants with big knee patches and a scrunchie around the boot 
Yeah. Uh, I can't make this work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the colors got crazy, you know, and yeah, what you had to wear on a photo shoot, you know, just like, you got to be kidding. Like, How did you deal with Tommy? This is something that when you were talking about the graphic designer for Nitro, yeah. those graphics stood out, like the dragon graphic on the Diablo. Yeah. That shit's fucking like tattoos and dope. Like that was- yeah. That was a really big part of because you just get a board and the graphic would suck and you just spray paint it. Yeah, sticker it up, sticker it up, paint it. Yeah, yeah. But the Diablo was actually sick. It was, and that's all um, Mike Dawson. I mean, he did all the graphic stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that in those early, I really had no say. Got it. In any of the graphic stuff. Um, Yeah. Advertising. We talked about some really cool things on my wall. That one you can see right there. Um, that was uh, a concept idea that you know uh, Mike and I talked about. I, I said I've got this really cool idea. You know, having my dad shaving my head. That's your dad. That's my dad. Oh, dude, that's so sick. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, we talked about this concept while we're driving to Steamboat incredible you know sunset coming over rabbit ears just one of those good friends times and looking back i mean we were talking snowboard history I mean, we were like shaping what we wanted this to represent um and so we came up with that idea and it was like well here's we just need a sequence now yeah and then we got that sequence and it all sort of came to fruition it's beautiful i wanted it to be something fakey fakey to fakey because that had been my passion since I started snowboarding to become equally as good left or right foot forward. Um, and that was a Ollie. That was a, a major physics accomplishment <laughs> <laughs> right there. Um, first attempt. Yeah. Just looked at it, told Brunkhart, the photographer, like, Hey, get down. I'm going to Ollie that rock. What? We'll just get down where you can see it. I'm going to ollie the rock. What do you mean? Well, I'm going to ollie the rock. Just came ripping at it and ollied it. Landed. I was like, man, that was awesome. (laughs) You know, thought I was going to die maybe. Like hit that, (laughs) you know, I think I maybe did tick the rock. And Yeah. Anyway, it was just one of those things. It was like, can't believe I did it. And it was actually somewhere published and on footage to start with at all. And, uh. People who were paying attention, that was that was the thing. That was the thing to see somebody riding fakie. I remember, I remember Devin on that trip to Montana for the Transworld thing. Yeah, he was practicing just switch everything, fakie, like every grab. He was mm-hmm. he was talking about his trick list, like what he had forward and where he was fakie, and he was lamenting about uh, switch methods. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you you have no idea how hard it is to make it look right. And I was like, what? It's the same as anything else. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. It's, it's I, I I probably still can't do it. There, it is an awkwardness. Yes, for sure. To it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know the competitions throughout amateur and pro. I continually had to write like tip and tail or for the judges forward and backward. Yeah. Like a big paint, a big arrow on it. Yeah. So it was clear. I would do runs completely like all backwards. Yeah. Nice. And I I would be like, I thought that was a pretty good run, like for myself. And yes, 
even among some of the competitors. And I'd get, you know, like fourth or something. I'm like, did you not <laughs> see what happened there? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. Like, and it wasn't, it was again, like who was doing the J tear air or who did these tricks that you had to do. Yes. I was like, I don't do those tricks. I do what I like to do. This is what makes me feel like I'm alive right? and doing progressing, you know? Were you a bit of a badass at the time? Like, were you, I, I, like, for whatever reason, I have this kind of vision in my head of, like, smoking and drinking and just not giving a fuck and, I, and, and being able to just say to, like, the judging, you know, like, so, like, Craig's up there going, oh, no, no, no or whatever and you're like this is fucking bullshit that was unfortunately too much of me <laughs> it was the bullshit <laughs> end of it yeah and i i yeah, i didn't smoke but okay. i did drink yeah and i was yeah. really you know definitely skateboarding and i i mean i was a punker for a lot of my life and yeah i definitely have that attitude um as many snowboarders would you know drew them to the difference of it yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and it became a problem with the judges, you know, that uh, that first year I did the, uh, or second year maybe I did the U.S. Open, like I had the whole crowd chanting, fuck the judges, fuck the judges. <laughs> yes, that is so at, sick. At the like award ceremony thing, you know, at the bottom. and Yeah. And I made it very clear to the Colorado judges that I thought oh, what they did was unfair and I paid for it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Know? Like but, they were like, that guy's making us look bad. Yeah. And, so we can, I mean, we control the thing. Oh, here comes Quinn Sandwell. All right. So it yeah. not so good. Yeah. I, I, I quickly got out of that as quick as I could. And yeah, of course, sponsors want you to be more visible and doing things. And I said, well, there's a lot of ways we can make people visible and myself. Like, yeah. Yeah. And had a lot of ideas that were shut down, um, you know, a lot. And that was my problem in snowboarding. In general, I was too far ahead of my time, wanted things to progress. They would, but just way too slowly. And, you know, I'd see a jacket, their new jacket. Hey, look at this new jacket I did. Yeah, this drawing I showed you three years ago. Yeah. You mean this jacket? <laughs> like, oh, you, just that over and over. And. Yeah. You know, snowboard ideas through nitro, just slow as can be. Mm. That's why I was asking about Tommy, because I was working with the distributor for Rad Air. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we would go into these meetings and go, okay, can we address the name again? Right. Like, you change from crazy banana, right. because it's crazy banana. Yeah. So Harry would look at his partner and go, Rad Air, it's rad. It's a rad name, right? It's super rad. Yeah. So, I mean, I could imagine <laughs> having that same sort of issue with with nitro although it had that usa feel like they were deliberately saying nitro usa yeah oh for sure compete with sims and burton and that was their deal. upcoming never summer and all yeah. these guys that are you know people that were making boards that were making changes mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know it's funny because i never got to ride these boards i mean i just rode what I had, the nitro, you know? And I'm like, yeah. man, that sure looks fun, even though I know Tarquin was breaking every other one or yeah, yeah, <clears throat> or whatever. They were working it out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, That's one thing about those nitros. They didn't break until you drilled them. 
Like if you yeah. mounted them on the on the inserts, they rode really well. They were just straight Pele boards. They were, yeah. you know, damp and yeah. I remember feeling like a brand new board out of the bag. It didn't matter what board it was. Sharp edges, like the new flex. It was fun to ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until they died. <laughs> Until they quickly lost their life. That's but, it. Yeah. yeah. A month into it, you're like, I need another board. Yeah. I need something with that pop and that flex and that and the edge grip and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So it was. Uh, I yeah. I never got to ride the board I really wanted to ride. Right. You know, I knew I'd probably never get a pro model with Nitro. They had different people they were pushing. and Yeah, what was um, going on with Jeff? Oh, Jeff Davis was playing the game. Jeff Davis, for sure. Well, they, yeah. You know, they were, you know, Utah-based. You know, it was just, that was the crew, really, you know. It was but Jeff Utah. was a badass motherfucker. Like that, Jeff was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah like I mean, awesome the guy. Crippler, and like he was like... He he was going to be on Burton, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, or he was on Burton. He was going to get a pro model with Burton, and then they, you know, decided against it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, and I never really even cared if my name was on it, right? As much as just make me a board that I want to ride, right? Please, yes, that's all. Like, you yeah. know, can we do this? What's the closest you ever got? Hmm. Probably that prototype I showed you, that 176, it was a bit wider. Yep. But just, it didn't last. Yeah, you broke the nose or the oh, yeah. tail on it right it away. just all fell yep. apart. Oh, man. Yeah. It did, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, do uh, you remember Shift Custom Rides? Absolutely. The, the business that came out? Yeah. So, it was uh, Drew Hicken and Ken Kelly. Cool. They were not actually. That was uh, the brainchild of myself, Perry Coleman, Mike Dawson. Pretty much the three of us started this concept for Shift Custom Rides. Yep. We brought in Tony King and his partner at the time, who had a lot of knowledge. They were making. Uh, they had a press that they could fully adjust. Cool. To make prototypes and autoclave technology, they'd been working on. Um, and we had board shapes, graphics, we had business plan all coming together to leave Nitro, start shift custom rides. Yeah. Ken Kelly somehow got in and Drew Hicken somehow got in. People invested money. Yeah. We're ready to go with this. Drew and Ken took all the info, started it on their own. Oh, no. That's as close as I've gotten. Yeah. To riding the board I wanted to ride. <laughs> yeah. Which was not close at all. No. Uh, and they drove it into the ground. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible and a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. They couldn't execute it yeah. at all. Yeah. They didn't have the drive. They didn't have our thought process. They didn't have the innovative concepts. Right. Any of it. Right. So it, they just fucked it. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And that truly could have changed the industry our goal was to really start a prototype company that could turn around in you know hopefully up to a day after you get things dialed in but two to three days here's 10 boards yeah yeah different flexes of three boards or whatever whatever you want shapes yeah. and it was going to be truly different and uh we were working on an edge 
uh, true snowboard edge um, with the local uh, engineer. No way. Yeah. What would the, the difference be? Well, it would have been much stronger. <laughs> yeah, and they would have been seated in differently. Just uh, it would have been used probably with skiing too. Yeah, like yeah, because that's what happens if you end up making something that's better than what's available then your shit just takes over. Yeah. That's incredible that you were working on something like that. So the edges are still the same now that they've, uh, they've always For the been. most part, yeah. 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 The little things that they've added. Yeah. Materials and kinks. Yeah. And different, you know, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rob Dow figured out how to um, do a continuous edge with a single weld at the, where they meet the tip and tail. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I think he patented that even. That's great. Yeah. But it was just a matter of people not willing to retool, you know. So we yeah. were willing to say, "Well, we're going to build a prototype factory, yeah, and we're going to make these edges, yeah, dope, and they're going to go on our boards, yeah, yeah, yeah." Do, do you want to be a part of these edges? <laughs> yeah, I think you probably will. <laughs> anyway, so that's what truly what uh, Ken and Drew stole, right? Right, man. Oh, man, was. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like a part of your soul, like a big piece time. of your yep creativity, and and you had that all the way through, right? Like always. That was something that get that was, you know, I, I'm more of a follower. You're more of a leader. Like I I wouldn't have figured out wide stances and fat pants and and stomp stumps and riding on rocks on purpose, it, you know? Yeah. It, uh, I. I just went with who I felt I needed to be. Yeah. And it's always been pushing things forward. Right. And if I couldn't do it, I'm working with someone. Well, why can't they do it? Right. I, it just didn't make sense, you know? And it, over time, it's like, how, how much do I have to do for you to think that these are maybe valuable? <laughs> right. Right. Ideas without stealing them. And yes. that's just what it came to be. It was like, wait, I'm just giving this away. To me, it was for free. I was snowboarding for money. Yeah. But being a product developer and all that, as time went on, I thought that might be a separate job. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> right. Than beating myself up and <laughs> progressing the sport and that, you know, <laughs> what I my dream. Yeah. Yeah. But my dream was also to, to keep pushing the sport. So do you feel like maybe a lack of that bean counter mentality might have gotten in the way of that? Like, why didn't you ever get, find some seed money and do your own thing was it just easier to to redirect a platform that already existed you know like take wave raven create quest or what you know i thought so yeah and i I, to my credit i was a loyal person yeah to my sponsors yeah but then also to them to my demise like i said i didn't get to try a lot of different things i could have probably been paid a lot better yeah i probably could have gotten a pro model yeah if i'd done some of these smaller companies or but i just I I thought there was potential in Nitro. They made quality boards. They were doing things with the factory. But it just wasn't happening. Yeah. And when it did, it was, look what we came up with. And it's like, again, what the? Yeah. Show the drawing of this from four years ago, that meeting we had? Yeah. Why, why did it take so long? There's that- no worse feeling in the world. I've been at a meeting where somebody presented my idea. That it said, that's the worst idea I've ever seen in my life. Like a week before. Yeah. And then is presenting it to the group with, 
look what I came up with. Yep. And I like it drives you out of your mind a little bit. It yeah. Actually, am I taking cuckoo pills? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Yes. And then even that outburst, like, I don't think I ever said anything that direct about it. Right. But like saying, like, that's my idea. People go, well, why do you care? Who cares? Like, what's the big deal? It's a good idea. Well, yeah. Well, it's a huge deal because it's a fucking. <laughs> it's somebody stealing my shit and saying that it's theirs. That's it, right. It feels awful. Yeah. It's a power dynamic. It's like a reminder of where you are in the world. You're just a scrub snowboarder guy. That's right. What are you going to do? Jamie Salter did that to, to George Pappas on the fucking highest level of, yeah, what are you going to do? Sue me. Well, knowing full well, right. Jamie Salter's got lawyers. Yeah. And George Pappas is a fucking guy who rides snowboards yeah who's like passionate about snowboarding that's right he doesn't know any lawyers what's he gonna do call a fucking lawyer out of the yellow pages or something yeah 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 this snowboard guy okay well my job is i'm a snowboarder okay (laughs) click you know uh yeah yeah if if george would have had family that was a lawyer the whole snowboard industry would be completely different. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't think of how many people had that same experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking in your eyes. I believe you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, why would anyone make that up? Like, I get it. I yeah. get it. There, there's, there is a spectrum that it, that it um, lives on. Like, sometimes the bean counters know something that we don't know, right? Yeah, like it's a, a hell of a lot of fucking tooling to make new edges for something that's right. working kind of okay. Yeah, or totally fine. They're still using it to this day. Yeah, but you know, who knows where we'd be if that whole shift thing would have happened? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. No, it would have been a better place. Yeah, yeah. For better sport, people would have had more of what they wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was nothing bad about it, really. Right. I mean, it right. was for the benefit of the sport. Yes. Yeah. You know, of winter sports, for that matter. You know. Yeah. Skiing was still sort of slumped, and they hadn't really started pressing any of these wider fat skis and stuff either. With a, par- a parabolic side yeah. cut and all that, that yeah, they yeah. basically looked over it like, why are these guys having so much fun? Yep. Oh, yeah. Remember how the ski industry was like, these skis are more fun. It's like they needed snowboarding to come in yeah. to be like, yeah, fun's a big part of this. <laughs> like, why is, where is there, why is there no fun yeah. in skiing? It should be really fun. Super. Yeah. Yeah. You're riding chairlifts. You can hit side hits. You could do all the shit we can do. Yeah. But, yeah. but instead, you're stuck with this oligarchy saying, no, no, no. I remember seeing it, like, instructions on how to do, like, they have a name for their turns. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, oh, yeah. after the guy who invented this style of turn. Yeah. You, you, we could say, you know, Craig Kelly invented that tuck knee style, like, right. tucking your knee in behind the other knee. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got it. You could do a Craig Kelly style turn. You have to change your stance. You have to, yeah. you, you got to be kind of back in the board. Mikkel Bang, who's who's still currently one of the raddest pros in the world, rode Craig's board with oh, Craig's sweet. stance, nice. and you could see like, oh yeah, Craig's style had to do with everything, like the way he set his board up. Yeah, yeah, it's rad. Guys, epic. 
Yeah. Human. Epic human. Period. Yeah. Did you hang with him a little bit? As much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of opportunities. But yeah. Every chance I get, you know. Yeah. 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 It was that way with a lot of the top, top people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt like an outsider looking in, you know, just because, yeah. That's, I don't know. Appreciate those that do well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just inspiring. Craig, from what I understand, was a consummate professional. Like that he took it very seriously what he was doing. He did. Yeah. More so than I think anybody else that wasn't doing uh, extreme mountaineering type stuff. Like Tom Burt. Like Tom Burt. Jim Zeller's Bonnie yeah. Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was the consummate professional. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely nothing bad ever to say about him. That's rad. Yeah. Was he in the Sims room that day? He was writing for Burton at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, yeah, all their top. Yeah. Top dudes. It was, yeah. Anyway. That's a bummer. But, and then renting a board. Oh, it was the most ridiculous thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. So, but it was, I, yeah. I learned a lot about people and yeah. the industry as well. Yeah. You had integrity through the whole thing. Let's talk about the relationship with Hostinek and one of my favorite films, Anthem. You mentioned that there's one from before that called Fat that yeah. I have to look at. Listener, listeners out there, if someone's got a copy of Fat, you got to either digitize it and send it to me or lend it to me. I'll lend you my copy. Yes, yes. I'll lend you my copy. I still have a VCR set up in my room. So. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got mine still too, just yeah. for those purposes. Ah, that's dope. That's so dope. Yeah, yeah. Well, Justin and I just started shooting early. Yeah. Very early in his and my career. And we were both starting. I was starting snowboarding. He was starting snowboard photography. Yeah. And that's how our relationship built. Um you know, and he was friends with Troy and Trent. Yeah. And uh, even pre-Twist. Right. Um, both Troy and Trent worked at the Wave Rave skate shop. Yeah. So, I mean, there was it was a very small community, truly, a little skate snowboard community in Boulder. And, uh, and Justin fit right into that. And, you know, definitely, and still to this day, is, you know, a big part of the, the, with the Bushes and Amani King and... Yeah, that whole twist crew. Yeah, so that that that's how it really just sort of being in the same proximity, getting along. Tarquin was coming up too at that time, and so we all got along, uh, you know, really well, and did some fun road trips, uh, you know, just for photo shoots and you know different things uh, with him. Oh, I forgot he was a photographer before he started being a film producer yeah he yeah. got a lot of shots a lot of those early shots yeah he uh j-a-h jaw ja. ja. did you guys call him jaw yeah still jaw yeah that's awesome oh yeah. yeah 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 so he the only cover shot that i ever got was jaw photo taken sick. up in steamboat sick yeah yeah it was an epic day super great powder it was yeah, twenty something below and then wind chill it was in the like the 50 belows jesus so it was re- Really cold, and uh, his camera lasted for X amount of pictures, and we got one that was 
cover show cover worthy that's yeah. so dope dude and typical of the sponsorship we were talking about with the logo placement and crazy clothes yeah. and yeah 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 really i have to wear this <laughs> okay i'll try and make it work we'll see how. <laughs> but uh yeah so that was all you know and he was one of the guys that did like to travel with us to good places and but as he grew it he went in you know into his career yeah and steamboat sort of just stayed smaller and a little more under the radar. Oh, I see that. Uh, okay, I see how that could happen. Yeah. It comes on pretty early that Nitro says no to sponsoring his movie. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever heard of it, but he's like, I don't want to put Nitro in my fucking movie. They said no. So they had to make you boards without graphics. Yeah, and this was a, a British, a guy from England that yeah. did windsurfing films. Okay. And Nitro hired, not Nitro, no, not Nitro at all. He just wanted to do a snowboard movie. Yeah. I don't even know how he got our names, but it was uh, Tim Wendell, Morgan LaFont, um, myself, Tarquin, two people from Britain. Wow. That's all I can remember. And the photographer was from Britain, the filmer. Yeah. Um, so we had him, just him filming. For the first half of the movie, we were in British Columbia, up in Canada. Oh, sick. Red Mountain, we were sort of based. Beautiful. West Make Peace. Oh, what a, a wonderful human being. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we did some snow catting and stuff. And then Justin joined us. We did some heli stuff and snow catting. Oof. Could have been a phenomenal movie, but it was the first time where... You know, someone would say, well, okay, just come straight down this, you know, enormous amount of, we just got heli dropped. Like, where shouldn't I go? Yeah. Except straight <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. And then make one big powder turn. And we were like, okay, Justin, when he gets here, he's going to fix it all. It's going to. Yeah. Unfortunately, he just fell into place because, you know, this was his first opportunity probably working with someone. And it was just like come on dude like you're gonna be the guy that lets us be like no we want to go like i'll make 10 turns there jump that rock and yeah this is snowboarding 20 more turns here and so this guy's just got it in his head that going fast is the thing yeah one big powder turn you know in front of them and and then they wanted of course big ridiculous things that for even the time of year were undoable yeah and you know i remember it sort of being like i'll do that like sort of a joke in in the group but yeah. So, what was the name of that project? Did it come out? Fat. That's fat. That's fat. Oh, that's what fat. Is. See, because I'm thinking yeah. fat would be. I'm, I know, like your history, and I'm thinking it's going to be fat pants, big stances. Well, that's it's going to be very slow, like resort riding jibbing. You just really have to see it to <laughs> to appreciate how bad it really is. <laughs> I mean, truly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give up the experience for anything. Right. But to think of the turns that we didn't have. Yes. Far outweigh the turns that we got. Yeah. And that always blew me away. Like did you have a guide at that point or was it just we, a helicopter drops you off and you go? We did have guides to yeah. say, you know, here's where you're going. But yeah. as to the photographer, you know, <laughs> the, they were just saying, here's what we want from this. And it was painful. I've been on one of those. 
with a Japanese crew for a cigarette ad. Oh, geez. But like you say, so like this guy's, he just didn't get it. No, no, no. And, and he was paying the bills. He yep. was the one who was paying for everything. Yeah. You yeah. do this. Yeah, basically, yeah. I wonder if and he made uh, any money back from it. I sure don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, it. you'll see. Yeah. It, it's really bad. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, dude. yeah. But great stories. I mean, Tarquin and I. Yeah. I mean, we've been very close friends through that time and couldn't have had a better person to live through that <laughs> with, like, some of the stuff that happened. Like, you, you can't even believe it, really, you know? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was real. And it's documented. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Whistler for two days, I think. And uh, we had a free day just to go. They're like, just go see what you want to film. And we're like, finally. Rad. Yeah. And so I, I was just riding by myself. I found this like cat track thing where I found a cool air, like up the cat track, up to like a fluffy ledge. Rad. Yeah. And it just sort of naturally did like a front side board slide on it and. Came yeah. off and it was like a nice big pillowy landing and a little drop down back onto the cat track. I was like, now that's worth filming. And I was like, we haven't got anything like that. Yeah. So we met back whatever time. I'm like, all right, follow me. I've got to show you this. So I had the whole group following me. And I went and did what I thought was in the same place, this trick. It yeah. looked like it. So I went up and did my front board slide, got off and said, there's nothing to land on. Oh, no. But it was just like a tiny, like, two-foot little pillow. And so I just basically went from hitting that pillow to the icy cat track flat Oof. to my back. Yeah. Out-of-body experience. For full-on <laughs> out-of-body experience. Came to Tarquin's there. Um, you know, Tim or Morgan or whoever, you know, the filmer was there and... I'm just coughing up blood, like just oh no, blood coming out. I ended up full lung contusion. Holy and, shit! And a concussion of you know from whacking down. So that was the end of my filming for the rest of the. I went trip. down to the hospital, spent two nights in the hospital getting lung tests, and oh my god, one lung reinflated, and it just was. Yet a, a collapsed lung, even partially. Oh wow! They, it was a. It was a gnarly fall. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. That's that's not what Whistler's all about. It was so fun up until I mean yeah, we really yeah. had a great time. Yeah. Um yeah, and then we ended up heading back towards Red Mountain. That was sort of the end of the yeah. end of the session. But um Did you did you ride at Red? Yeah. You were all right. We did. Yeah. because we had ridden there beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was good. The conditions were not good. And that was mm. the problem. Yeah. We just it, never had good snow and it happens. I mean, like, that's the that's the yeah. job of it, I would imagine. Yeah. You got to well, fly around to wherever the snow's good. Yeah. And we did what we could. Yeah. And we had good snow, but just they didn't want us to make turns in it. <laughs> <laughs> it so was just bizarre, so weird. Dude. Yeah. So then Hostinek, once he goes out on his own, is that Anthem is his first kind of real thing that he did? I think so. I Man, think that so. was wicked. So the good. The animation, the music yep. was good. Your guys' attitude was the thing that stuck. Was a favorite in the shop. We would play it for years. We probably played that. That's awesome. You know, and and we would study the tricks and and be like, okay, how do we, how do you do that? That's awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was more it was more a sharing of information of like right. oh you could do that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And regionally too, you know, it's sort of at that time it would be like, oh, West Coast, East Coast, you know, a little yeah. bit more like, oh, this is really cool to see that different flavor as well. It was a, one of the first things to take the piss out of snowboarding itself, right? All you guys with sponsors not running ad space, go find another jump. Yeah. Like that was like what was really starting to happen was like it wasn't the community anymore. All of a sudden, people would show up and be riding the thing you were riding yesterday. They'd set up cameras and you'd be like, well, I fucking built that. You yep. can't tell me I can't hit it. What are you talking about? That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah it got really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it did. With that. And yeah, I, I mean, tons of stories of the uh, those spaces disappearing and <laughs> yeah. being claimed and different things like, wait, I don't care how much you're paying somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is National Forest you're on. <laughs> <laughs> when did this stuff kind of fall apart and you had to go find a fucking real job or whatever? Fortunately, I was guiding fly fishing while I was snowboarding the whole the whole way through uh, pretty yeah. much in 92 I started guiding and sweet so I had that summertime fall back and um and it was great yeah and I want to say whew, 90 well 2000 was the last time I I took a run and it was just injuries was that what I forgot even what you asked yeah like well, it was basically when when do you let the the sponsorship stuff go? Oh, the sponsorship was yeah, ninety eight was the last year, and then you wrote for yourself for a couple of years. Just snowboarded, yeah, with what I had and worked a little bit coaching these Australian kids that came over for six weeks. Yeah, someone was was saying that maybe you had arthritis or something like rheumatoid arthritis or some major. Well, n- not them, issue. but uh, well, they just knee injuries and. I, I couldn't stop hurting myself. I mean, mm. turning the volume down was not an option. <laughs> yeah, and it was just, I was making money as a guide fishing, and yeah. So, I quit. 2000 was the last time I rode. I, yeah, but the sponsorship, you know, Wave Rave ended, and then I didn't really have any. That was after yeah. 95. Yeah. And I didn't really have any sponsor, sponsor, um yeah. Rode for Nitro for a bit, but not a whole lot longer either. Yeah. And that was just, you know, the usual disagreements. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're like, we're paying you too much. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're not paying me enough, nor utilizing my talents. Yeah. And all these other R&D product development ways and advertising. I offered to do clothing. Their clothing sucked people they hired continued to make it suck yeah just never made sense to me you know and then so to me it was so ego based again mm. it just came back to egos mm-hmm. all yeah. pretty much all of it for me feels like it came <laughs> back to egos in the industry and um yeah and hence us trying to start the shift thing yeah and that was kind of just the end of the end of it after that i yeah. was like had no faith in the industry period and i just was i i'm done peace yeah yeah Yeah. really i mean i keep track of my friends that did stuff and and whatnot but yeah i sure didn't miss the bullshit yeah well you don't look like somebody who's been sitting around getting bitter about it like even talking about it's 
pretty matter of fact, but you've got like a smile on your face the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's well, fun, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't change yeah. any any of that stuff. I yeah. mean, maybe my attitudes if, no, I wouldn't change anything. No, man, don't do that. No, 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 no. No it, way. It would just, uh, yeah. And, and now, fortunately, I've been in 2019, 2020 and now 2021 i've ridden all three years oh sick sick um, yeah yeah and thanks to vince and tracy you know i saw the board and i'm like hey i think i need one of these and they, <laughs> you know hooked me up and um it's been good really good yeah very uh challenging post something we haven't talked about but i've had two pretty serious concussions and one in 2016 and uh, one again this year, 2021. Holy shit. That were life-changing. I mean, you know, left me with impairments, permanent impairments, and uh, some of which are spatial impairments. So riding the trees is not an option anymore. A um, lot of different visual things um, that make snowboarding very different. Um for me it's just it's really cool to sort of be back in a really learning yeah welcome back first of all thank you it's been too long it has yeah 19 years is too long for a quinn sandvold not to be fucking yeah a part of this community because so, your inspiration still 100 percent there man oh awesome thanks yeah. man especially in attitude like that's awesome the, the attitude was important it was you were an advocate for like, let's not let the kooks run this. Like, That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Please, come on. We can, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the concussions. You already talked about two concussions while you were snowboarding that were knockouts. Yeah. And I don't know what the statistics are, but it's it's a big deal. Yeah. It, it gets worse each time. So right. Every every time, you know, like I only know through Chris Duffacy that you know he had gotten to the point where. He was not allowed to snowboard. He didn't have he didn't have his doctor's permission. Right. But like I've seen people cry talking about when he was allowed to come back. Right. Like the, because his passion for it. Chris Duffesy is uh he's he's one of the happiest, smiliest, raddest people in the world. Yeah. And he, I mean big big effect to his life with the concussion thing. So I mean, I wouldn't have guessed from coming in here, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, like no idea. Sure. It's not something that you see outwardly, but it's something that you deal with every day, like inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and it was, you know, and snowboarding and I found snowmobiling last winter also just sort of being a challenge with these different visual yeah. things that have changed, you know, spatial awareness has changed and can't really ride in the trees if you're not aware of the spaces God, of around you know yeah. so it's just yeah. a different concept of it yeah um but the, the thing i found most interesting was once i started um riding fakie again the whole mountain opened up rad yeah and i so i i've just sort of started riding goofy you know probably 90 percent of the time wow <laughs> and it feels just i I can see like more than one turn, you know, riding regular would be like one turn. I was just living for each turn and that was not 
not cool <laughs> on many levels. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just really weird. I was just like, started like, oh, what if I ride fakie? I'm seeing. I was just like, I can see. Like everything just opened up. It was really Dude, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, to where visually, it, yeah, it was just, so I'm going to just keep riding powder the best I can. And yeah. Um, uh, I get, at least a day or two up at Steamboat, thanks to a friend that gives me some discount uh, that's dope. tickets. Yeah. Um, and then pursuing some backcountry stuff. Fun. So, yeah. I've got my ski polk I made. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing some, uh, borrowing a, one of the demo split boards from Tracy and Vince at Never Summer and did some good exploring last winter. Rad. Um, and some overnight camping. And, Sick. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, stuff I really wanted to do back in my 20s and proposed to Nitro. Wow. Back then. Well, they they were early on in the splitboard, like way before you were there. They made, I, a, they made a weird splitboard thing, like super early. Yeah and, yeah, and this wasn't even as much about the splitboard, but just like let's look at snowboarding outside of resorts. Wow. And it was like, let's – Buy two snowmobiles and rent a RV, and we'll just get the crew together and travel around. And they're like, "No, no, that'll never work. Of course not." Of course, it was like three years later. That's exactly what the Burton team was doing. Everybody had to do that eventually. Yeah, and it was just to me a no-brainer. Like you're spending all this money flying photographers and people around. Yeah, you take one of those trips, we could do everything we need. To get the and travel the country, yeah, follow the storms and like. So anyway, it, things like that. That's that, incredible that you had that that forward vision and just flat out shut down and yeah. not even like yes, let's explore this or whatever. But right. So it was things like that that then I'm like, well, if they're not going to do it, I want to plan it with my friends. You know, I'll buy my own snowmobile. We'll do these trips all across the continental divide. Yeah. Or what you know, there's snow yeah. machine trails that go state to state. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Anyway, so I'd like to do some of that stuff now while I'm hopefully physically still able. I feel that same feeling, dude. I got a sled last year. Oh, nice. And uh, it's fucking challenging. But I'm learning to sled in the Whistler backcountry. It's a gnarly spot. Very gnarly. Yeah. It's fun, though. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Like, that's the thing is that what you're talking about, that vision you have for that thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you've already done some overnights. It's like. And my unpowered snowshoes, yep. like you're saying, you know, just. Oh, yeah, totally. Snowshoe split board either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just trying to stay within my limits. I'm not doing anything extraordinary. Right. But again, from nothing to something is great. And then, yeah. I'm yeah. Just, so glad you're back at it, dude. It's, it's been good. Yeah. My passion to. Yeah. Really to keep me here. <laughs> is the yes. out, outdoors and yeah. uh yeah yeah and that you know survival instinct and wanting to explore be outdoors and enjoy all it has to offer truly yeah, yeah. and i i think i'm hearing here like there is an there is a like an exponential there's a multiplier for head injury survivors on the on risk for suicides like for uh, like gnarly thinking, like it happens. That's a 
That's a, am, am I right on that? Or are you saying here in Colorado because there's so much stuff here? What you said yeah, is, I'm really glad that you actually said that because I think it's so overlooked, even um, you know, among mental health professionals, as you bring it up, and there, there's just no understanding until people have passed already. And to that do fucking the, sucks, dude. To Big find time. out, you know, the autopsy of the brain, and there's there's a lot going on in that. I think I think the NFL is probably on its last, yeah, bit right yeah. now because of how actually gnarly it is, and uh, there's so many people. You you should watch um learning to drown. That's Jess Kamira. She's had um, multiple head injuries, and she talks about it. And learning bit. to. Learning to drown. To drown. I'll send you a link to it. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really a powerful piece about um, how suffering in silence happens with a lot of um, high-level athletes, especially in snowboarding. There's so much concussion stuff. Yeah. There's tons. Yeah. And other, and other, I mean, just checking things off of a list for someone that that's their whole drive. It does take a toll, and as you check more things off that list, yeah, it's a real challenge to get through and to a point where you do feel like you can do things again, even as small as it is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I would love to bring more awareness of people that do have multiple concussions. We're starting right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that it. Uh, well, it's, it's it's overlooked. It is overlooked for sure. And the sponsors don't care that you bonked your head. Yeah. You know, and you need a month or a mm, year. The pressure there. To, yeah. Yeah. And then the PTSD, like the, there's a couple of people who've talked about it. Um, not, not so much on my show, but JP Walker, who's from Utah, has had times where, you know, if he can't snowboard, then who the hell is he? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and then he's putting that pressure on himself to perform, to rehab and get his shit. He had a he had a break that was misdiagnosed by a doctor, so he rehabbed it like it was a strain. Eesh. And then they had to re-break it, and he had to start all over again, like a fucking year of just <laughs> torture. You know, and to someone else's discretion, this yes, oh yeah, man. So. It's yeah. It it is really important to talk about. It's really important. How how do you get support for yourself? Is it within your community? Or are you taking care of yourself? Yeah, I do the best I can through you know mental health. Yeah, I've got a good mental health team. Cool. After we're done talking in half an hour, I you've got to head back to Canada, and I've got to go see my uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, mental health practitioners are really important support for you know anything you're going through that is, yeah i've i've done it several times i've had probably a half dozen maybe a dozen yeah and and sometimes you got to just trade them out that's you're right like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about this girl's got she's yep. projecting her shit on me that's not that that's not right it's the right connection yeah, yeah. once you get that it's you can breathe that's can, right i mean breathing is a big part of it that's true <laughs> Actually, as well yeah yes yeah. it's it's life yeah i the very first one she said uh okay just a standard intake questions are you eating three meals a day and i was like no 
And she's like, are you sleeping eight hours a night? I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, well, why don't you try that for a week and tell me how you feel, yeah. you know? And I was like, can't be that simple, dumbass. <laughs> I got some serious problems. Right. But I did feel a lot better. True. I did feel way better. I was like, okay, I got to fucking keep going. Yeah. That's what it is. That's it's right. It's a keep going thing. It it's is like, a yeah yeah it is a keep going thing and and it's also a chemical thing mm-hmm. for a lot of people and mm-hmm. concussions juggle stuff around i mean there's no doubt mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and pay attention to how you feel and don't don't repress it truly yeah. i mean that's yeah. i think the hardest thing because like you said outwardly no one knows you don't wear a band-aid on your head exactly big cast covering your skull saying don't touch <laughs> right right you know yeah. yeah yeah um and then there's a risk factor so all the neurologists every doctor well what do i do don't hit your head right that that's the only answer really so you do have to protect yourself and still try and live to something that you know keeps you happy yeah without checking that off the list right off the list yeah right Dude. So I'm just like psyched to be back and healthy enough to to move forward with snowboarding again. <laughs> I'm so happy that we had this conversation, dude. Me too, Eric. Like, so a pleasure to meet you. It was a real pleasure to meet you too, and I've been a fan for a long time. And you've affected my life in uh in a very positive way. That's and, really and cool. part of the reason that I'm here today is is because of your snowboarding and your attitude. That's really cool. So that brings me joy. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, it, it was deep, deeply. <laughs> it was super, super rad to meet you, homie. You too, Eric. Thanks for having me in your home. Anytime. All right. We'll go for a shred. Anytime. Yeah, we'll go Let's for a do shred. That. That'll be so fun. Yeah. All right. Peace. Peace. F and rad shoutouts this week to Quinn Sandvold. I really hope one day to shred with Quinn on a powder day somewhere rad. The Canadian suicide prevention number is one eight three three. 4564566 or if you live in the states you can call 1-800-273-8255 to talk with someone immediately. If you or a loved one are struggling with suicidal thoughts, please don't hesitate to call. Thanks to the people at those services for caring for us and helping keep us safe. And thanks to all of you for listening to the end. Be sure to come back next week for another episode of the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast. Presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions.